So in Luke chapter 10, we're going to read out some of Luke chapter 10, if you want to go there. Don't you just love the word? This tells us, this tells us what it's all about. But I feel what I'm going to share with you this morning, that the Lord put this on my heart. I was reading some stuff and, and it's like, you never get when something just quickens to you and it's like, like it doesn't matter well, Jesus said it, so like he owns it. But it doesn't matter, like if it's a song or so. As soon as it's quickened to you by the Holy Spirit, it's like it's yours. It's like you, you, you sort of take her into your, who you are as a person. And this was one of those things. Um, and it wasn't even. It's not. It wasn't even for Liberty Church. It, it was for. Um, we started about seven months ago praying for the city. Not as Liberty Church, but Liberty Church is there. But inviting all the other churches and anyone else who wants to come to pray for the city. It happens the second Sunday of every month in St. Catherine's Church. who have been kindly, kind enough to give us that building for that, that night. And, um, and sort of, you know, in straddling type of that part of my call in my life um, of reaching the city of Dublin. That's what the Lord has called me to do ultimately. And... So this was for the city church as opposed to just for Liberty Church. And that was two weeks ago that I presented it. And then last week I presented in Liberty Bluebell and this week Liberty Breakers. And any other church that wants to hear it. And uh, So it's like, it's for the believers. And I believe with all my heart what I'm going to share. I know with all my heart. Well, what I do, if we act on it, if we do it, you know, we will see loved ones come to know Jesus. We will see the kingdom of God come in places that, like, that we'll never have seen up to this point. Because it's going to happen. And if Jesus says something, which he said a lot, which, but when the Holy Spirit quickens it, it's nearly like it's for now. It's like it's to be activated, it's to be walked in. And, and that's what I, I want to present to you today. It says, so in chapter 10 of Luke, after this, Jesus, the, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Ask, another translation say, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send their workers into his harvest field. And he says, go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. And when you enter a house, First say to that house, peace be to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered, heal the sick who are there, and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. When you enter a town and you are not welcome, go into the streets and say, Even the dust of this town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than there is for this town. Then he moves down to verse 16. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. Whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. So the 72 went out and they returned with joy and says, Lord, even the demons submit, submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions 
and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the Spirit submits to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen. Bless your word, Lord. So Jesus says to them, The harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And I don't know about you, but in my reading of scriptures at times, I read a statement like that and I want to just go over it quick because I'm like, am I one of those workers that is not going now? You know, and I nearly allow the scriptures to condemn me before I even get going into it. And it's like, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. And in another setting, this could be like, you know, like, what are you doing, you lazy bunch of not good workers? And feeling condemned. That's, that's not the context of God's heart anyway. Ever. But he's pointing out to them, you know, you can imagine that he's looking over, over the, the, the fields that are being ready for harvest and they're ripened and all these golden fields are right in front of them. He says, the harvest is plenty, but the, but the labors are few. And if that was the case, and if that is the case, he's not only just looking that was there, but he's looking down the centuries. That the harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. And then he tells us the answer. Here's the answer to this. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest fields. He says, now, here's the answer. There's labors are few. Don't start feeling condemned and you're not, because you're not one of them or you've lacked or whatever or you're slacking this. That's not the answer. This. The answer is pray. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out the workers into his harvest field. And he says, now go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. You know, in the kingdom of God, lambs are greater than wolves. Because we don't come in our own authority. We don't come by our own strength. And he goes on to say, listen, like when you go in to heal the sick, cast out devils, preach the kingdom, like tell them the kingdom of God is near. Listen to this, he says, when you go into a house, you can say, let there be shalom in this house. Let there be wholeness and completeness and prosperity and favor. All that shalom carries. Then he says, I'm sending you out and you have the authority to do all of this. Pray and ask the Lord of the harvest to send. And that word send in the Greek, it, it's, it's a word that I, I've known for a number of years. It, the word is called egbalo. Everyone say it. Egbalo. Yeah, a little bit of attitude. Egbalo. It's a, it means this to, um, it means to be, I want to tell you where, where it's found, where you find it in every other place, probably other than this one spot. It could be other places, but I couldn't find it in other places. When Jesus is casting out devils in the gospel, the word is, he egbaloed them. He, it was like a greater force was overcoming the force that was in the people that were demon-possessed. So the word is a forceful word. The word is like when one greater power meets a power, and that power is egbaloed. It's cast out. It's moved away from the person. And it's normally used with, with just demonic activity. And I'm reading this, and I was like, Lord, why would you say that about your workers? Egbaloed. I thought, surely there should be another word. And the word that I thought it should have been is the word underneath it. Apostolos. Apostolos means to be sent out. To be sent out by, um, by a, a, a kingdom. And when you're sent out by the, that kingdom, all of the kingdom's power and authority and resource goes with the one that's being sent. And he didn't use it. He used it. Follow. 
And then just underneath when he said, now I'm sending you out like lambs amongst wolves, he uses the word apostolos in that verse, but he doesn't use it in the one where ask the Lord of the harvest to ekbalo, to send. So I'm like, Lord, for years I've just looked at it, I'm like, Lord, why would you use that word? Ekbalo, it's like forceful, it's like a casting out. And why didn't you use apostolos? And then we go, I wonder, this was only last week, I said, I wonder if the next sound underneath that is actually Ekbalo or apostolos. And I looked through and it was apostolos. And I was like, Ekbalo, apostolos. Apostolos sent out with the resource, power, authority of the kingdom of the sending one. But yet up here, it's the one that's forced out, cast out, greater force. And then I realized, I realized in my own life that when something is keeping me from being the one like, that's sent out into the harvest field, that in my life there's times I needed to be ekbalot because of fear of man like, or a fear of being rejected or a fear of not having the answer for the word. That like, I'm like, oh Lord, I don't want to go. And then the, the greater force of God's love and grace and compassion and heart for the lost hits you and like moves all of that other stuff out of the way so that he can follow you, he can move you, he can get you out of the situation. And when you read the word follow, it's like, it's not, it sounds like a violent word when you, when you read, when you see demons getting cast out. But it's not violent, but it's, it's, it's authoritative. That's why the demon submitted. It wasn't because of violence meeting violence. It was because there was a greater authority being spoken into those people's lives. And then I realized, no, Lord, this, that is the right word. As if I needed to tell them. <laughs> that is the exact right word that the church, like remember what I'm talking about on the whole. Like uh, that the church is, you know, I've, I've done research just over the last couple of weeks about another situation with other church leaders and, and situations like that. And I says, what's wrong with the church as you see, like uh, on the whole? And he says, we're just looking after ourselves, they said. And these were pastors and they, 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 they don't know how to get out of it. They just look after my father no more. Now I understood then, oh, we need to be at balance. They, this is what the leader says, we don't know how to get out of now. Just making it all about us. And there's people out there that don't know him. There's people out there. And then we can go, oh man, what if the Lord ekbalos me? He doesn't just ekbalo you and now you're left out there vulnerable and not. He, he ekbalos you out of your circumstance, situation, slumber, way of thinking, all of that stuff. Like thinking that you have a lack of power. What if no one listens to me? What if I pray and nothing happens? Then, then, then. All of that needs, you need ekbalo. But he, he gets us out of that. But then he sends us, like he said in the, in the next verse, now I'm sending you, I'm apostolos. I ekbalo you out of your slumber. I shake you up, I waken you up out of that. But as soon as you're out of that, now I'm going to empower you. I'm going to, you're going to go with my authority. And we see it in that place where they came back. They went out, they preached the gospel, they, 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 they healed the sick, and they came back rejoicing. He had to ekbalo them. Like they were going into the, into the towns. They, Jesus wasn't even with them. He says he sent them ahead of them. But what he did was he sent them out under his anointing, under his authority, to go and do what he would do. So when he follows us, it's not like, oh, that's it, man, I'm real. What am I going to do now? No. He follows us out of whatever is holding us back. And then apostolos, he sends us with his authority, his power, his resource. 
And that's what they've seen. Here's part of the resource, he said. Apostolos, go into a house and say shalom to this house. That's the authority we have to release the shalom of God into a home. To, to cast out what the enemy is doing in people's lives. When they came back, they were rejoicing. And Jesus says, don't rejoice that these spirits submit to you. Because they were submitting to them. And he says, when you are out there doing the stuff of the kingdom, apostolos, I seen Satan fall like lightning. And you could read that and go, yeah, remember that happened in Ezekiel when the devil was thrown out of heaven. That's not the context. The context is, while you were out doing the kingdom business, under my authority, with my resource, in my power, I've seen the strongholds of devils falling from family homes because that's where they were sent to. So the authority we have to walk in this peace, that we come in and we go, here, peace be unto this house, peace be unto everyone that lives here. I'm not saying we walk in just talking some gibberish, but when you're there, you can release that into the house. And the strongholds over them families, he says, will start to fall like nothing. And then we don't, we don't rejoice because that's happening. Which is hard not to, let's face it. To see families set free. But Jesus was making sure they knew what was what. what, was what. He says, make sure you rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Which you could also think that could be when you give your life to Jesus, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He's not talking about that. He's saying that because you're out there in my apostolic power, he says, the spirits in the heavenlies know who you are. They know who you are. They know, like, this is not just some wishy-washy Christian. This is not someone who just ticks all the boxes. This is someone who has allowed Jesus to ekbalo them out of anything that, that hinders them, every restraint, every containment, whatever that may be, like, Lord, yet will you get me out of this? These are people that now are out of that and say, when God says, now you can walk in my apostolic, you can walk in my power. You can walk in the power of the kingdom. And he says, when people are like that, you walk into places and the heavenlies know your name. It's like, you know, um, remember the sons of Sceva? Like, they tried to cast out the devil out of someone in Acts. They got battered. Ah, they didn't allow God to ballow them out of their religiosity. So they had no power, they had no authority in the demon battered. Remember? They got battered. He says, they're going to know who you are. And when you walk in and you say, in the name of Jesus, they know that you and him are in union. They know that you've not allowed anything or at least had the hearts not to have anything hinder us. When you get up in the morning, there's an alarm goes off in hell. She's up out of bed again. She's on her knees again. There they are worshipping again. Who is it? It's Mary. It's Johnny. How do you know their names? Because you know their names. Jesus said it. Your names are written there. I have authority there. What did he say in, that, in the, the sons of Sceva? In the name of Jesus that, who Paul serves. In Acts. Because he knew, they knew Paul and they knew Jesus. But they were saying to the sons of Sceva, Who the heck are you? We don't shiver when you come in. You have no authority. You haven't been egg-ballowed out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You have no authority here. But Jesus is saying, pray. And the Lord of the harvest will give you this. Because he's not going to send us out powerless like he didn't send them out. To send, to send, to pray. Prayer is the key. Praying is the key. If, if, like, that's what Jesus is saying. Don't get freaked out because you're not out there in the harvest field. Don't let that be your stopping point. Go to the next verse. I pray. 
to the Lord of the harvest. And that's the bit that stuck out to me. That he says, as, pray that the workers, the workers of you, therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest. He's the Lord of the harvest. To send our workers into his vineyard, into his harvest field. And I realized, like, that little his, is like, our schools don't belong to the enemy. They're his harvest fields. Your family doesn't belong. All oh, my family are in bits. The devil's all over it. Life is all over it. Terror is all over it. That's not the enemy's harvest field. That's the Lord's harvest field. And if we start praying, Lord, send in laborers into my friends, into my families, into my workplace, into my community. He says that if you pray, he sends. Pray and send are linked together in this scripture. No praying, no sending. Praying, lots of sending. Pray and ask. Isn't it incredible? And I've been, about eight weeks ago, ten weeks ago, the Lord quickened this to my heart, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm not going to ask anyone to do anything that I'm not willing to do. Yeah, we always pray, don't we, Lord, touch me family, this. This is specific, send, ask, and the Lord will send. So I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to send. So I start praying for certain things. I start praying for um, hospitals, hospices, host- hotels, and ho- hostels. Couldn't think of another H. It's easy. Lord, send your workers into the harvest field. That's the hospice, hospitals, hotels, and hostels. Pray, send them in. And you hear this everywhere. Every week it's been something new. I'm sitting with Neve's lovely husband, Jason, just talking. He says, Noel, the Lord put on my heart to, um, to go and visit me auntie in hospital. She has cancer. And uh, he said the last time he talked to this lady about the Lord, she cut him in two. You know, like, <laughs> she said, like, her, like her tongue was raised or sharp. But the Lord was now, and he was sort of, um, you know, yeah, I will, Lord, but I, didn't, I don't really want to experience that, you know what I mean, again. And uh, so anyway, and this is the way he told me, you can ask Neve, she could be proof. But uh, one of the nights I seen there, and Neve says, are you ever going up to see our auntie anyway? And Jay said, it was like God saying it. It was because Neve and God are really close. And uh, so like, it was like, uh, is like, you know, but he said it was like, and he goes, oh yeah, I'm going now. Like, <laughs> and, uh, and he goes up to the hospital, and now you're left with, see, he got a ball out. Out of a slumber, out of procrastinating, you know what I mean? Yeah, I want to do it, but remember the last time, man, she lifted me over. So you can, you can see the battle. That's all of our battles. That's no one special in this. It's all of our battles. And so anyway, he got forced out. He got a ball out by Niamh. And then he goes out, and he goes, now he's left with, you know, how am I going to say this? How is it going to work out? And he goes into the ward, there's five other ladies in the ward, and he goes into the ward, and he's standing there, and he says, he's sort of hovering, and I can imagine Jay, like, like, like looking, looking for an angle, you know, give me a vision, Lord, give me something. And on the, on the telly that you were watching, I think there was a wedding on, and a song came in the background, you know, and, oh, happy day. When Jesus washed my sins away. And he said an anointing. Apostolos. Something from that kingdom. Like, like sort of was, was on him. And he says to his aunt. Do you want to give your heart to Jesus? Like he said it was nearly all. Do you want to give your heart to Jesus? And she goes. Yeah please. And he leads her to the Lord. And he leads forward to you. He said it was the most broken ward he was ever in. Broken humanity. Different ailments. And he led another four ladies to Jesus. And the only reason the fifth woman didn't give her heart to Jesus because she already gave her heart to Jesus. And I said, Jay, I've been praying that the Lord would send workers into the hospitals. Yeah, you with me? Right? And so anyway, I goes up, I'm visiting a lady up in the hospice. 
up in Harold's Cross and the hospitals, hostels, hospices, as I say that, you know, four ages. And I'm in there and I'm visiting um, Marie, Marie Fallon's sister, Lavina. And I'm sitting there and a man walks by and he had a blue shirt on him and like he saw the workers all like have when the hospital have blue shorts on. And he looks and he goes, No. And I looked, Oh, how are you, Philly? He says, Can I grab a coffee with you afterwards? This was this was um, Lavina's last few days on the earth. Last day it probably was. So he, he he was a he was a church planter, that's who I knew him as. But he walks there now. So I didn't want to meet him. Like I wasn't in the humour. So if I can avoid him now, I'll sneak out and like, you know, because he's going to say, how was church, how was this? And I'm like, I don't want to talk. And, and uh, anyway, I snuck out and he, down the car he goes, oh, hey, Noah. I says, I was just going looking for you. <laughs> no, I didn't. But we went back and we had a cup of coffee. And uh, we sat down. I says, what are you doing here? And he says, well, the church plant didn't work out. He says, no, I got a job here. He was the first non-Catholic to get a job in that place in 40 years because of policies and, you know, who runs it. And, who does. and uh, he says... He says, Noah, he says, I'm the fella that gets to lead people to the Lord on the deathbed. He says, I'm the fella when he told me about um, some men and women that have dementia or Alzheimer's and they're locked in. And he described that as like, like he says, like they're on an island and they can't get off it. And like they can't see a way and that's why they sit in silence and they feel trapped. And he says, but every now and then they'll, they'll throw something out that's like a bridge and they can't come off, but you can go in. I was like, like what? He says, like I was with this woman. He said she, she never talked. She just sat there like this, and I'd pray and talk to her about the Lord and about life. And the next minute she sat and went, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in not die, but ever have everlasting life. I learned that at a kids' club when I was about seven. <laughs> and Philly walks right over that bridge and shares the gospel with her. I says, Philly, I've been praying that God would send his workers into the hospices. See, we pray for our loved ones. Imagine if that was Aunt Mary, that you never knew, had any chance to hear the gospel. And you prayed for years, and you haven't seen any fruit. And she has dementia now. And, you know, all your thoughts, your natural being, is like, what hope has she got now? And then she goes to a hospice or a hospital, and there's a Philly there, or there's a Jason there, that God has sent in. And all of a sudden now, Auntie Mary is going to be with Jesus when she goes. Pray, 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 and ask the Lord of the harvest. He will send, he will send. I've been praying for prisons. I've been praying for prisons and then I get asked to go up to two prisons to speak. I've never spoken in a prison before. They're ringing me saying, I'm like, wow, now I'm one of the workers. Now it's like, you realise, oh, I'm not just, you're not just in your job to get paid wages. You would be crazy to think that. It would be crazy that God opened the door for you or caused you to make a business happen and that you're just there to make money. Praise God, I pray you make the best money that anyone could ever earn. But you're there. If you see this, no, I'm here for another purpose. A greater purpose. That you're in the office. Lord, would you, I pray that you'd send the laborers into this office, into my friends' life, into my, my work colleagues' life, into my school life, into my boxing club life. That you're not just there. Unless you see yourself as just there for that, that's all you will do. But when you see that there's other elements to your life, you're God's agent on the ground in places that no one else can get to. There's a girl that comes to the prayer meeting in the morning. And she's only come the last couple of weeks, but now her years. And uh, her daughter is in New York on a, an internship. Um, she wants to end up being an ambassador for Ireland to somewhere in the world. Young 20-year-old, 22-year-old. And um, 
So anyway, she was telling us about this. So my prayer is, is, is like is part of like so every couple of weeks it moves like so now I'm praying for Dal Aaron, I'm praying for our T shocked, I'm praying for our government. Lord, send your labourers into Dal Aaron. And then I realised two people out of um and there could be more here, I don't know, but two people out of Bluebell walks in Dal Aaron. I'm like, oh, now we partners in prayer. No, I pray out here because I can't go in there. But will you pray in there that we pray the same prayers? And I realised that God has his people everywhere. And then so so anyway, um, so we're praying for this young girl, Leah. She's over there. She's in, remember the United Nations was doing a big gig over there just recently. And she's in there. She's, that's where her research is. She was meeting all the ambassadors, all this stuff. So um, we were just there praying, Lord, send, send um, laborers to Leah. You know, she's in America. You know, there's loads of Christians. Send laborers, Lord. We're praying. For, Leo was there. Leo Varadka was on the telly. I knew he was there. And I was like, Lord, sit beside one of those. You know, those like, a Nigerian or a, a, a Cameroon. Like someone that would sit there and say, Hello, Prime Minister, do you know Jesus? You know, like, just, you don't know how God has gone. It's like these fearless, not undercover Christians that are from other parts of the world. And in this, it's like, No, Lord, send them. And then, so we start praying for Leah. She gets on to a man. She says, Man, you wouldn't believe this. Out of the blue, a man walks up to me and gives me a Bible and says, It's my last one. We give them out free. Would you take it? It's my last one. She took the Bible. Thanks the Lord. There's loads of Christians in America. You know what I mean? Next day, her and her friends, all the same age, is over in Central Park. And they're over there, and they're talking about their future, and two Christian women walk over and says, can we pray for you? We really feel we need to pray for you guys. And they pray for them. She's down on Broadway, at a traffic light. Two other Christians came along. A different part of the city, two other Christians. Three times in the space of a couple of days. She rang her ma two days later. Ma, two more came. Two different, two different occasions came. Now you can say, is it coincidence? No. There's someone praying on their knees in Bally Fairm in Dublin that God, who has his labourers everywhere, would meet this young girl, Leah. And she says, ma, do you think God is trying to tell me something? I said, hello. We start praying about drugs coming into our country. Tom has it on his phone. He doesn't know how he got there because he's lived in a cave for all of his life, like as a non-Christian. And he, he, he's like, no, this, this thing coming in telling me like about news alerts. I don't know who put it on my phone, how I got it there. He says, but this is over the month. He says, no, you wouldn't believe the amount of drugs that are getting caught around our country. Because we're praying. And then, one, what was it? 175 million with a cocaine gets caught down off the, car, off the coast of Cork. 175 biggest ever, right? And you know what someone had the cheek to say to me? Do you believe that's because of your prayer? Absolutely it's because of my prayer. Absolutely. Why would I pray? You know, because when they said that to me, you know what inside was me, of, of me was, no, I'm not saying it's my prayer. No, it is my prayer. Because I'm praying and I know I'm praying for these things. And it's your prayer that will make the difference. Because God will send. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It might look like um, the, the, the Irish Rangers coming down a rope, getting onto a boat and finding all the drugs. He will send his laborers. He will send who he needs into this place. And if he can send them in physically. In Acts chapter 12, Peter is in prison. And it says the church was praying fervently. And an angel was sent to Peter in the prison. And he says, we're getting our hair. That when you pray, he sends. If you can't get there, if he hasn't got a worker on the spot, he will send angelic hosts to do his bidding for him. So I want to invite you into this 10-2 prayer, Luke 10-2 prayer. That you would take it on board and say, you know what, I'm going to pray for this. And you know yourself, if someone says to you, Noel, will you pray for me? I hope you're the same, that I'm not the only bad person here. But if someone says, Noel, will you pray for me? And I go, yeah. 
And then I feel guilty the next time I see them because I didn't once remember. Are you with me? So there's a way of beating that. There's a way of beating that. So Luke 10 to that next Lloyd Mal will tell us. I invite you to this. Do you know a prayer movement could start out with this little thing? So if I'm praying and a few others are praying and this stuff is happening, you will hear it. I kid you not, I, I've been meeting with youth. Mags, my mommy waited to meet you. Or I've been meeting with youth leaders that were in their city and walking in their city. And I was asking them, why are we not reaching out to young people? And we're more included. Well, what's happened to us? And just finding this stuff out. And then I'm, I'm with Des and Judy. There were loads now Des and Judy this week. And then I meet a man up in the north on Wednesday night, Thursday night. And he says, we've been praying and sending workers into the south of Ireland to particularly encourage the younger youth leaders to step out. And you think you're, he's going to just think I'm saying I've prayed about that. But we have. I know you're an answer to our prayer. You're an answer. You couldn't believe the amount of people I've met in the last couple of months from the north of Ireland that God has put the south on the heart. And this hasn't always been on the heart. I'm, I kid you not, if this has been on the heart years and years later, it was to come down and say it was heathen Catholic. That was their heart. It was like, we're going down with the truth. Do you know what I mean? There wasn't, because if you pray, you get God's heart. And when you get God's heart, you come humble. You come with tears in your eyes. You come with a soft heart. Like, that's why he says pray. Don't just go in and send the workers because they'll make a mess of it. But pray and ask God for his heart for the people that we're going into reach. And so the next part of the slide is, is a quick start that says on the other side of a few of these for us. I'll get more printed. So here's what I'm inviting us into. That you set your alarm on your phone for 10.02 in the morning and 10.02 in the evening. If you go to bed at half nine, you know, just do the morning one. And then when your alarm goes off, that this is the scripture, Lord, would you send your labours into your harvest field? That's because I know if I haven't got on my alarm, I'm not going to do it. I might do it in the morning if I remember, but I ain't going to do it. But when my alarm goes off, I know it's great when you're with people. When you're with people, it goes off and you go, well, just take a moment. It's just, Lord, just send your harvesters into the harvest field. That's, that's it. That's it. Like if you're in company. I was at a, a bit of a... a, a birthday party two weeks ago and Dolores and uh, on the table like there was only about 12 people there and six alarms went off at the same time 10 or 2 and I realised man they're doing it that we're doing it like you set your alarm and you'll come up and then the next part is like you know pray for the Lord to send in the labours the next part is be specific Start asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, where will I send? Where will I pray that the labourers are sent? Because here's the reality of prayer. We know this in the negative. If someone puts a curse on somebody, what are, what are we saying happens? If someone puts a curse on we're saying that their prayer, whatever they do, is opening up a channel of evil to go to that person. That's what, that's what putting a curse on someone is. That's what they believe. So we're, we're putting a curse on this person or this city or this community and we're, we're opening up the channels for the kingdom of darkness to invade and to hinder their lives and to do even worse. That's what putting a curse in. Well, the enemy only has duplicates. He never is creative. Prayer opens up the channels of God into the earth. Opens up the avenues of grace. Opens up angelic hosts coming from heaven to earth to do the bidding of God. So, so pray and, and, and ask the Lord. And pray specifically, Lord, I'm praying for the children in the creche. 
or every crest that you would send your laborers in young men and women now that, have, that are saved that love you Lord God that there are kids in the crashes they're going in they're, they know they're not only there to make money they're there to pray over the kids to pray for the health imagine all of our kids in schools and crashes and places like this that they have workers going in praying for their children they would be specific and you'll see the specific answers you do a shotgun blast then you go ah oh, yes you know I was praying that prayer great pray the prayer but see, when you get like forensic, then you see, invite others to pray with you. Tell someone else. Show them the scriptures. This is not, this is what Jesus is asking us. And then lastly, be persistent in prayer. Because persistence overcomes resistance. It's like, like the hospice situation. Imagine someone praying for that lady for years and years. Just keep going. It's God that will bring the results. It's God that will make this stuff happen. Amen. So I invite you. I invite you. What a tremendous invitation. And when I meet people, I keep saying to them, are you doing the 10-2 prayer yet? Who are you praying for? Because when you're out there, you hear the, you hear the back. You hear the back. Like you wouldn't believe Johnny was praying for that during the week. I was praying for that during the week. People, this, people, that. Like, so share it. Invite people in. So let's pray. I want you to just... Feel or hear God's heart in it. Because I know it's not a novel idea. I know. So you can place that wherever you want in your life. The Holy Spirit quickened this to me. I'll tell you a little dream I had this morning. Because I realised I had this in my, my leather bag. I call it my Indiana Jones bag. It looks like something off a saddle or something. But I fell back asleep this morning. I had this dream. A long story short, in the dream, I was down at the canal in the flats where I live. And uh, it was so green, it was so lush. And, and I looked and my bag was there. And there was a snake. There was a snake there. And I said to some fella that was in the distance, Yeah, look at this, look at this. Look at this snake in the, down at the flats, big long thing. And I was like, wow, look at that snake. And, and then in my heart came this treasure, in that, this treasure here in the bag. And uh, so I'm like, Treasure, there's treasure here. So next minute, the snake attacked me, and uh, it just—it was huge, and it came flying through the air right at me throat, right. And somehow I just screamed. I went ah, and I went that way. But Sharon was awake, lying in the bed. So if you want to hear me screaming, ah, like she was like, "What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you?" And I didn't—I only told her when I got up, like the because I was—I was nearly a bit traumatized. But uh, I'm just after realizing. I said at the bridge earlier, my Bible's in me, in me was in my bag, right. But you know what else was in my bag? It's these flowers. There's treasure in that. And if I was your enemy, I'd shut you down. I'd shut you down from praying. I'm not getting you to pray what Jesus told you to pray. Because I don't want to see loved ones. I don't want to see a city come to know the Lord. Your prayer can be the tipping point for a whole nation. So Lord, we, we, we come before you. And we ask, Lord, that you would so encourage each one of us. That you are not only the God who hears prayers, but you are God who answers. You said, knock, and the door will be open. Seek, and you shall find. Ask, and it shall be given to you. You say in your word, Lord, through the Apostle James, that the prayer of the righteous are powerful and effective. King James Version says that the prayers of the righteous avail it much. And I pray that you would encourage, Lord, even while we're waiting on prayer to be answered. Even, Lord, that, that space where you know how often I've been here, Lord, 
curse you now, Lord. Lord, I prayed and you didn't do it. And how much that has hindered my walk over the years, Lord God. Ekbalo was our them type of things, oh God. Our discouragement and disappointment. Our pains and of the past, Lord, over, over places where we prayed and we didn't see it come to pass yet. Ekbalo was, Lord, of any slumber, any fears that we've allowed ourselves just to fall in. We open up to you and say, Jesus, would you let a greater force, that is the force of your love, to me, anything else that would hinder me from walking in that. And Jesus, would you anoint us afresh, apostolic, resourced, empowered with the authority of God. Yeah, Lord, would you just anoint us? Just allow that anointing. Holy Spirit, show each one, oh God, that their prayers are powerful, that the enemy tries to silence us because he doesn't want us to get near the treasure. He doesn't want us to get near the treasure. Jesus, your word says that you will give us the treasures out of darkness. The enemy doesn't want us, Lord, to get the treasures. But you told us how to get it. Pray and ask the Lord of the harvest to send his laborers into his harvest field. And we say that for our friends and families and communities and city and nation. Lord God, in every sphere, every, every establishment, would you send your workers in, Lord God? Lord, would you, would you follow me and move me into that apostolic so that I can be going in your strength, your power, and above all, your love, of oh God. As Mags reminded us over the weeks, without love it's nothing. So Lord, I ask that right now, Father, that you would lavish your love upon us. That you would pour out, Romans 5, 5, you would pour out your love into our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit, whom you've given to us. So we give you everything and everyone, Jesus. And we ask that you would use us in these days. I pray over your people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord lifts up his countenance upon you and is gracious to you. And the Lord grant you shalom. His wholeness, his completeness, his prosperity and his favor. And we receive it. Amen and amen.